It's our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It's like pandemonium, Heather. Okay, so I was thinking. She said what? I think I got it figured out. This is how this to do is life. how to do life. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. I have seen the life. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd. Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. Hey, Chrissy. Hey, Heather. What's the matter, Heather? Huh? Uh-oh. You're going to pull some cr- prank on me as usual. I'm sorry. I'm totally distracted right now. I'm watching Africa. Mm. I'm watching Africa on my computer. Mm-hmm. It's this live webcam of Africa. Okay. You have to see this. Okay. My friend told me about this. It is the perfect escape from COVID lifestyle. When you're totally stressed out about all of the craziness in the world, you go to Africam. Mm-hmm. And there are wildlife cameras live, different places in Africa where you can watch wildlife. Happy Be wild. Like right now, it's nighttime there. There's an elephant. He's at the watering hole, and now he's just walking away. It's amazing. I have gotten nothing done this week Are because you me? I'm not kidding you. It is absolutely amazing and I love it. I totally did not think that we were going there. I thought that you were doing some kind of setup where you were going to be like when people are distracted and they're not really paying attention to you and they aren't making eye contact correctly. And I thought we were going to a social experiment. No. So I'm glad you're enjoying Africa. <laughs> All week I've been like getting my kids like, come over here. You've got to see this. What kind of things have you seen? I've seen, okay, I've seen elephants Mm -hmm. crossing the river. Like, it's not really, there there, there is one that is a river. But I, my favorite one is um, Tembe. And it's like a watering hole with a tree. And there's um, antelope that come. I've seen giraffes come. Um, Then there's animals. They're just hanging out, like doing their animal thing. Are you sure that you're not watching Disney? I'm positive because I've gone and I've done my research about who are these people and what is it. So you can go to Mm explore.org. And there there are wildlife webcams all over the place where you can be a voyeur on the African safari on the, the you know like the grasslands the savanna like all the all of the types of geography like you can watch it happening and it's amazing I'm I love watching it when it you right get into now. something yeah. so I um I just learned about this and it's been occupying a lot of my time and um and I I think that everybody should watch and it's it's awesome so Africam 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 yeah so whenever COVID has me down I just turn on Africa. I go out for well, a run. I it... check and see what's going on. I saw a big elephant flapping his ears. Well, if there's no animals. Sometimes there's, that's the case, and it's just there's nothing going on. How it's many just, like, camera crickets. choices are there? Can you, like, always find an animal? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. And then they also, they do a highlight reel, mm-hmm. and you can also go backwards and see what happened before. Like, right now, there's... Um, do they have, like, comments when people are like, go back to 
12 no. hours ago. Well, sometimes, yeah, because people will take a snapshot and then you can see the timestamp of when it was and you can try to find it. Um, but yeah, there are eight videos or eight cameras that you can watch. It's really cool. And, um, and I'm loving it. It's, it's really a Zen thing. And then you can put your headphones on and listen to the, the wildlife and the crickets. Ooh, you can hear the sounds of it. Yes. I kind of like that. It's awesome. It's awesome. Check it out. I'm going to put the link, um, in the, in the show notes. I can, you can go and watch some elephants because for truly for real, I am ready to go off the grid. Yeah, I'm ready to start. How homes. are we going to do this show? Stop. Well, you I'll can't. come in. I will come into town <laughs> on my buggy, or like I'll ride my bike. You're going to become Amish. I'm going to start homesteading. I'm ready for a little house on the prairie. No, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I won't let you. How will I talk to you? I talk to you a lot. You have to have a phone. You got to install Marco Polo, and I'll still do Marco Polo. That's not off the grid. Well, I mean, mostly off the grid. <laughs> It's off the grid. Somewhat like, off yeah. grid. But for real, like, I, I feel like the, like, I go online and everything's crazy. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I feel like I wanted to shut my computer down and it's like, I'm out. I'm just going to go sit somewhere in Africa and watch elephants. I mean, I think I told you that I asked my children at one point if we could move to Africa for a year and build wells. And I really wanted them to have that experience. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, um... I have a friend who did that. She, yeah. her, her kids were very young, and her husband was building wells, and mm-hmm. she had to learn how to, like, get a week's worth of groceries, and, you know, you don't get to go back. Like, there's not an unlimited supply of things, and you had to cook every meal. You know, you absolutely have to because you can't run down to Wendy's and grab a junior right. bacon cheeseburger and a Frosty Chino. They have a new thing on the menu that I love. <laughs> <laughs> double my calories um but yeah I I thought that would be neat because I feel like my kids sometimes don't realize how fortunate they are oh for sure and I thought maybe they should live in Africa for a year and enjoy no electronics and peace so you thought they would enjoy that I think that I think that the first probably two or three months are probably pretty painful and then I think that we're, we adapt and you settle into this is how we do things now. I have a friend who's, um, they moved their family to, I cannot remember where it was, but it was, um, it was in South America, like around Haiti kind of area. Mm-hmm. And um, they lived there for six months. And um, yeah, it was just a totally different experience and they just went to go like they didn't have a job there or anything yeah they worked remote Mm -hmm. and they just lived there just to experience will you still do the show with me if i yeah of course i don't know how i'll have access to do it but we'll figure it out (laughs) we always figure it out so so yeah i have have been kind of straddling this fence between reality where we live which is just surreal right now and then also really looking back at historical stuff and, and reading historical accounts of things because I enjoy... I know you do. <laughs> I enjoy the time travel element. I love the f- fun quirks that I know. Like, I love being your friend. And I'm like, oh, Heather's into watching African video, <laughs> reading about Ben Franklin. Um, <laughs> like, I so much a richer understanding of you than just a few short months ago. I love it. 
Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. And I don't know whether or not you have um, read this book. I'm trying to remember the name of it. And it's about the um, expedition to Antarctica. Shackleford is the word. Shackleford is the... um, See, I, I loaned this book to somebody who never gave it back to me, and now I need to find it again. Ernest Shackelford was an explorer, um, and he had a, an expedition to Antarctica that was that went horribly wrong, and they had to um, survive on the ice flows of Antarctica mm-hmm. for a long time, and eventually were rescued when they were able to get to um, to a camp. Um, but the book is absolutely amazing. And um, and I love reading that because it reminds me that they are that we have what it takes to survive just much, much worse than anything that we could imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. Shackleton. That's who it was. I met a woman a couple of days ago. And she told me this kind of random fact that her cousin's child was the youngest child ever to uh, travel Antarctica. Really? Yeah. They took the baby when the baby was three years old. Wow. They did the whole trekking thing. And I was like, huh. And at first she said the wrong place. Like... Oh, it's because I was telling a story about Iceland. She's like, oh. she's like, I know the youngest person in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the story started. And I'm like, no way. They have babies there. Yeah, there's probably, <laughs> there's probably a new youngest person People, there right now. Right now. <laughs> like, how long and ago? And then she's like, wait, I mean, to travel to Antarctica. No, and I'm like, different. not the same. Not oh, the in same. fact, it's kind of totally opposite. <laughs> kind of totally different. Okay, so the book that I want everybody to check out is Endurance, Shackleford's Incredible Voyage. And it is, um, it's a story of survival, and it's a story that will make um, the stupid things that we complain about seem um, really trivial. And in my search to find different times of when human beings have had to like buckle down and dig deep and survive. I found something that I am putting in the category of Headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. Heather's Headlines. The real Lord of the Flies. What happened when six boys were shipwrecked for 15 months? (gasps) What? Yes. This is not a news story, but for some reason it has had a resurgence in the media. And um, a journalist wrote an article in The Guardian that I'm going to post on our page. And, um, and it is about a story of six boys in the 1960s who decided that their Catholic school was totally boring and they couldn't wait to get out of there. And so they got on a boat. And decided they were going to run away. Wow. And they um, they brought very um, rudimentary supplies with them. They actually, um, they lived in the Pacific Ocean, on an island in the Pacific Ocean. And they got on a, they took a boat. They kind of stole a boat. They actually did steal a boat. And then they loaded it up with their stuff, which was not nearly enough. And right, because they, they're children right, trying to make a plan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The the they ate, ranged in a ranged in age from thirteen to sixteen. And then they of course got into a storm, got off of their 
they didn't even have a course, like they were just off in the water. And they um, floated for eight days. Wow. Eight days. Um, they had no food. They um, drank the ocean water, which you're not supposed to do. No, you're not. And they um, eventually found a an island that really was not, would not be considered habitable. Um, but they swam to it. And they lived there for over a year. What was there to eat on the island? What? How far from like real? Like eight days? You feel like you could get pretty far away. Like, were they like a hundred miles off the coast? Were they like somewhere that somebody could go boating to in the afternoon and run across them? Or I'm just really yeah. There's a lot to ask here. On the eighth day, they spied a miracle on the horizon, a small island, not a tropical paradise, um, but it was where they landed. And they fed themselves by um, killing birds. Wow. Drinking their blood and drinking their raw eggs and then cooking the meat. They figured out fire and cooking? They, they lit a fire. They managed to have a fire burning continuously. They survived initially on fish, coconuts, tame birds. They drank the blood as well as eating the meat. Seabird eggs that they sucked dry. Later, they got to the top of the island. They found an ancient volcanic crater where people had lived. They discovered um, bananas and wild chickens. What? One boy slipped, fell off a cliff, broke his leg. They picked their way down after him and set his leg using sticks and leaves. What? It healed I don't perfectly. know if my son would survive. Seriously, I was thinking about my own kids. Like, my one of my kids is old enough to have been in this group, and I'm just, do we have these skills anymore? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I don't know if I would survive. <laughs> I'm a pretty fully functional adult. I don't know Seriously. if me and five other people could not murder each other and make the, this happen. The parents had funerals, and they can, they thought the kids were dead. And um, they were rescued by a man who was sailing, um, and he saw something in the distance. It was burned spots on the ground, and he thought it was strange to see burned spots on an island that nobody should be on. And so he started to pay more attention, and the kids saw him and then were trying to get his attention. And so he, uh, they swam out to him, and he said, one of the boys said, my name is Stephen. There are six of us. We reckon we've been here 15 months. They still had a sense of time? I don't know. I guess so. So he called on the um, two-way radio. And they came and picked them up, and they were fine. Look it up. Do you think that these little boys got home and they were like, I mean, middle school's great. Like, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep doing this. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I'm going to post the link to that because that was a So n- these people could still, they could still be alive for sure. You said the 60s? Oh, yeah, they're still alive. One of them actually just recently, I think, wrote a book. Awesome. I'm going to post the link, Please. and then you click on the link, I, I read about it, and, and there's a lot more to I learn. I love it when you bring me things I to know. learn. See? Okay, now I have I have some more things for us to talk about um, in our... What is What did they come up with now? Ew! Not that Let's one. see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. Okay, so our new COVID lifestyle has 
brought to us some new COVID words. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we, you know, both of us love words. We love digging into the words mm-hmm. and the new words that um, gets, get created um, by society, by culture. Um, one of them, of course, the quarantini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Corona Rita. Yes. Have you had any quarantinas or Corona Ritas? No. Well, um, I know plenty of people who have been having their quarantinis, and that leads them to um, another corona coronavirus word, doom scrolling. Doom scrolling? You know I what doom scrolling that. is? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can take a pretty well, quick she, gander. Yeah. It's probably opening your feed on any social media at any point. Yeah. Looking at anything. Yeah. And just scrolling at all all of the doomsday. We're all going to die. But, you know, it's just another way to procrastinate doom schooling. Doom schooling. You know, (laughs) teaching our kids. Not homeschooling. Not homeschooling. homeschooling. It's doom schooling because we are we're trying to teach our kids while at the same time doing our jobs and then also being paralyzed by vaguely impending doom. We have nice words, too, like quarantine. Yeah, that is. That one. Yeah. Uh, I mostly have a list of bad words. (laughs) I mean, it's mostly bad. (laughs) I was just trying to lighten it up. The doom schooling is really important, though. We've got to keep it up because we don't want our kids to become um, COVID-idiots. COVID-idiots. And and those... I like that one. (laughs) COVID-idiots are, um, of course, the people who are perpetuating the, the doom. Um, mm-hmm. Doom scrolling, and it's because they have become coronalusional. Coronalusional, <sighs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know if any of us can avoid it. Well, we're all a little bit. We can't because of the infodemic. Infodemic. <laughs> now I don't know if that one is new. I feel like that has happened before. You're right. It, it has. Um, this actually has a tech, a definition from the Webster's um, Encyclopedia or Dictionary. That says um, it is a proliferation of diverse, often um, unsubstantiated information relating to a crisis, controversy, or event which disseminates rapidly and uncontrollably through news, online, and social media. It is regarded as intensifying public speculation or anxiety. So we are definitely having an infodemic. Yeah. And we don't know the truth of any of the info in our demic. That is true. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's real and what's pretend. When you can't take it anymore, though, it's okay. You can call your antibodies. Antibodies. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. That's a good one. Your antibodies are your friends that you see on Zoom or mm-hmm. while socially distanced, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, and it's going to be okay because it can't last forever. And I know that because I am a... An apocaloptimist. Apocaloptimist. Say it again. <laughs> I, I am an apocaloptimist. Mm-hmm. Someone who believes we're going to be okay. Yes. We're going to be okay after COVID. And we have to be. We have to be. Because somebody has to take care of the coronials. We need to submit these to <laughs> the, the More Than Words program. Oh, yeah. Away with words. Yeah, away with words. Away yeah. with words, yeah. Uh-huh. The yeah. coronials are people who are born, babies born during COVID. There was something for, like, the the boom that they think is going to happen, too. I wish I could remember what it what it was. I know what those are going to be. What? First born children. First born children. Yeah, because nobody with kids already 
is looking to add to the family well, right that's now. That's true. Yeah, they're going to be. That makes sense. <laughs> Unless makes they've sense. had too many quarantinis. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a real thing because so many people right now are suffering from the most disgusting word combination that I've heard in a long time. What? I heard it in the car and I immediately knew I was going to have to talk about this with you. Okay. Skin hunger. What? Yeah. What does that mean? Skin hunger is... Like you want to be touched? Yes. Yeah. Mm. And I know that... I'm skin hungry. You're skin hungry. I yeah. Know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where those coronials are going to come from, from people who are skin hungry. You know, they still have birth control available. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I think people should be stocking up. I read about Alice. Alice. A 31-year-old... Um, woman from London. She's been breaking her coronavirus lockdown rules. She says, I almost don't want to tell you this. But once a week, she, who lives alone, walks to the end of her garden to meet her best friend, Lucy. And there, with the furtiveness of a street drug deal, they hug. Because they can't not take it anymore. Did you see the teacher who designed a hug barrier so she could hug her students? I did. Oh, my gosh. It was so sweet. I did. And I I was thinking about it and wondering, do the kids also have to wear something so that they don't get the previous kids' Uh, germs? Yeah, because I watched the video and it said that she sterilizes it and cleans it between each kid. Okay. So, like, the kid leaves. Because, yeah, when you're watching it, you're just watching kids walk up and hug and you're like, wait, no. Yeah. Yeah, but they explained it. Okay. They did explain it. I figured they had to put something on also. I know a quarantine fake word that you will like. Oh, what is it? Quarantoned. Oh, does that mean you're getting buff? Getting fit, yep, getting quarantoned. I've been saying I've been calling that um COVID fit. COVID but yeah, quarantoned is good. Yeah, I need to get quarantoned. Yeah, me too. You're doing a better job than many. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying. My my uh child said to me today, she's like, I feel like I'm uh gaining some weight. Now she's tiny, 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 skinny, like bitty nothing. She's like, I feel like I'm uh, bulking up a little. I've been eating a lot in this quarantine. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, you are not the only one with that feeling. I'm like, you know, yeah. it's, it's like it, it it suits you. You know, it's good, you know, because she's so tiny. Right. You know? yeah. but I'm like, but yeah, you you welcome to the club. You it's know? the quarantine 19. Mm-hmm. It's the COVID-19. That's the what it COVID is. COVID-19. Pounds. You, see, you had it at like 10 a few episodes ago. And <laughs> yeah, now we're up to 19. Which is appropriate. So now there's a good way to treat skin hunger if you have it. And this is actually like a legit thing. I looked Mm -hmm. this up on the internet where everything is true. (laughs) And it turns out, and this makes sense, that something that you can do if you are skin hungry. (laughs) Stop saying skin hungry. It's so gross. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, Eye contact. I'm making eye contact with you right now. That doesn't fulfill my skin hunger. I'm making eye contact with you. Great. Is it weird? Does your skin feel happy? (laughs) My skin feels the same. It doesn't feel like anyone's touching it. (laughs) But people do say that, you know, for real, like a lot of what the skin hunger is. (laughs) 
I love that you can't say <laughs> is you know is is the the fact that humans are not meant to live in isolation right you know and yeah. I am loving all over my family and so we are not skin hungry but some people who really do live alone mm-hmm. and I think about like people who live in um, like nursing homes yeah and, you know and places like that where they they don't have their loved ones with them you know that's a that's a different type of touch yeah mm-hmm. um, so it's a real thing. Um, but a lot of that is just needing to make connections with people. I, I'm like, I think that I look for that kind of connection in so many things in my life. Like I was just listening to our episode, your show last week, and we were talking about that. I like the chit chat and that you right. don't like, and part of it is it, it's just that connection. And a friend of mine said to me today, she's like, well, you work at home. And so those interactions at the school where you just get to chit chat with a mom for a minute, eye contact is like, we don't usually hug each other. Now I feel like when I see someone and I make eye contact with them, I'm like, I also want to touch you. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, like I'm in extreme deprivation state and I just want to touch you, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that that does fulfill a lot of our connection need, like yeah. on the on the regular in non-COVID, like real time. You do know? you ask people permission to hug them, or do you just go in for a hug? Um, I guess it depends on the person yeah. and how well I know them. You know, um, I met a new girl just a few days ago. Um, it, here in the COVID times, I met this girl, and we were only like, you make new friends. Uh, yeah, exactly. When you're quarantined, yeah. she's lovely. I really like her. Um, but um. I met her, and we were meeting through a mutual friend, and the mutual friend looked at us and was like, y'all are both huggers. Are you really going to stand there six feet away from each other? <laughs> and I hugged a stranger. I did. You did? She hugged me back. It was, it was blissful. We are now friends. <laughs> <laughs> One hug. One hug. That's all it took. I did not used to be a hugger. And, and in fact, my friends, my college friends and I, that was like something that united us was that none of us touched anybody. Like I got way more huggy when I moved to Florida. Really? The South. Yeah. I, I was never a hugger. And um, and I have since become a hugger. Um, I've just become more comfortable with being hugged and with hugging other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, like, I will ask, like, are you a hugger? As I'm going in for a hug. <laughs> like, you're going to get hugged. Yeah. <laughs> But I can usually tell if somebody really does not want to get. I used to have an employee who really hated it. And, like, it would be a really rare treat that made her kind of uncomfortable and made me delighted every time. That I'd be like, come on, can we, can I hug you? Can we? And she'd be like, okay, fine. That makes it weird. When she, when she, like, found out she was expecting a baby and stuff, I'm like, you, please, you have to let me, I'm like, I'm not going to touch your belly and, like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm like, but this is a big moment. She's like, you can totally hug me. And it was always like, to get that permission was always great. That is nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a difference between like the obligatory tap, tap hug. Yeah, I don't do that hug very much. I have a friend who hugs so tight and she hugs just a little bit longer than you expect. And that makes it kind of like really special. Yeah. You're like, she meant it. Mm-hmm. I just do like the tap, tap hug. I, but I'm new. I'm new to hugging. Yeah. Uh-huh. My um, my dad used to always, you know, he say, "Oh, you're a you're a you're a patter." You know, like mm-hmm. I, uh, my grandma used to. She'd pat you, like mm-hmm. while, you know, pats and pats and rubs while mm-hmm. you hug. You know, and uh, that makes a more personal hug. 
I heard once, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I like I, I liked it and I adopted it as something that I do now, is that your children need their touch from a parent or a guardian, you know, whoever's their, their caretaker. They need physical touch after waking up, before leaving the house, and then upon coming home. Mm-hmm. And like there are times during the day when when children need to be touched by their caregiver. And I am much more mindful of physically touching my kids, like either just kind of like squeezing their arm or like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of ruffling their hair or rubbing their back, you know, of, of having that physical contact with them mm-hmm. at during at different points of the day. And, and I'm much more aware of that now. I don't know if I'm mindful of like times of the day, but I am mindful of that. And when my son was really little, he always had a better day the more like physical hands-on play we had. And, you know, like being pregnant, I did I did my births with a midwife mm-hmm. and, you know, the skin-to-skin contact was the, the talk of everything. You know, it's just you got to have that baby on your skin, skin-to-skin contact, you know, with no barrier is so important. And, uh, you know... You obviously grow past that, you know, um, with your children. But you like, I think it's important just in real life, you know, mm-hmm. like in, like in your like romantic relationships and whatnot. You know, don't don't keep a bunch of clothes between you all the time. You know, like, and I don't mean like necessarily having sex or anything. I just mean like closeness. Mm-hmm. In bed. Like, there's nothing better than feeling wrapped up skin to skin with someone. You know, mm-hmm. and it's something that we crave from the moment we're born, and it's. You know, it's just what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And like I said, when my son was a toddler, he'd have a significantly better day if I had done a lot of physical play and thrown him around and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I still really think about it with both of my kids, you know, that that I, you know, that we I want that to be a part of their family life. And I want them to especially it's kind of off topic, but because my marriage was so not physically affectionate. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to grow up understanding that physical affection is important. I don't want them to end up in a marriage where they're depriving themselves of something totally normal that everybody needs if, that they never had it growing up and they didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I think I it's you important. Mean. You know, it's interesting that human touch is something that is so elusive right now because we feel like we've got all of these touch-free things. Mm -hmm. And even in schools, you know, teachers are not allowed to touch the Mm -hmm. students, you know, and and there's different touching each other can be, you know, a a kind of a a touchy Mm -hmm. (laughs) subject. But um, ching. Um, which is really interesting because the having human touch actually is instrumental in our immune function. Mm-hmm. Um, it reduces cortisol, um, and when cortisol is high, you know that impacts our immune system, um, and it it helps us be able to fight off infections better. And so the fact that we have this virus going around. Um, and we are depriving ourselves of one of the natural ways that our body yeah. protects mm-hmm. itself is just a, kind of ironic. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we're doing that are kind of counterintuitive to 
normal good health, you know, like the dentist's office being closed, for example, like oral hygiene is extremely important to <laughs> health and like, I mean, like, yeah, it's extremely important, yeah. you know, um, we need to be exposed to some things, you know, to build immunity. You know, like I keep thinking about these babies, like new babies. Mm-hmm. Like you were born in March or whatever. You right. Know, like, are they building immunity to things? I have no idea. I don't either. I was thinking about the babies who are in um, like the the ICU kind of mm-hmm. units. And especially like if their parents aren't able to be with them. Um, or if for some reason the babies are separated from their parents for legal reasons and, and they don't have a home yet. Um, and then people, volunteers, will go and hold the babies. Yeah, I want our local hospital to start a cuddler program. Yeah. And I actually, I was watching a thing about it the other day and I was like, I, I know the people like at the top over there. I'm going to call somebody. And then I'm like, not in COVID time, I'm not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I'm like, darn it. Like, I, I think it's such a good program and I think that's so beautiful. And I would probably not be able to start such a thing right now. Probably going to need some time to go by before I can become a baby cuddler. Yeah. Well, some people are saying that their coronavirus-induced skin hunger is feeling like feeling like grief. It's making them feel really emotional. I think I could see that. I could understand that. Yeah. And I think that... I'll, I think that I am lucky that I have people in my life that I still interact with that, you know, I can get those needs met. But this is why, like... Whoever you're dating right now, you better stick with them. You better <laughs> stick with them. You're not getting someone new. And if you would like someone to touch you and hold you and make you feel good, you better hang in there. You got to love the one you're with. That's right. Mm-hmm. What about pets? What about pe- oh, I love my cats. I yeah. Love I carry them around like babies. I, I think, talk to them like babies. Do you think that your pets can sense when you are stressed out or there's something wrong going on? Yeah. And, and they want to be comforted? Could. Yes, of course. I think that mine does, too. Absolutely. No, my cat, like, I saw a meme, and it was like, if cats didn't want to be held like babies, they shouldn't be (laughs) baby-sized. And I'm like, right, yeah. My cat just gets carried around like an infant and cuddled and talked to all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I was watching Africa the other day, um, my cat, of course, they will come and sit on the computer Mm -hmm. keyboard. Um, right in the middle of what I'm doing. And I always see that as a signal of like, you know, pay attention to me. Yeah, of course. And yeah. stop what you're doing. It's a universe telling me to slow down. I've been letting mine sleep in my bed and I have never let them. I usually close them outside the door and Lucy will sit out there and cry. She'll cry. She she hits the handle too. She'll jump. She'll get that handle. Um, and she's very, very sad. And I've been letting them in there. And they're, like, so peaceful, and they're so happy that they've been getting to sleep in the bed. Like, you can see a change (laughs) in the cats that they want to be. And I was thinking about this morning. I'm like, they're kind of like communal creatures. They want to be in with who they view as their, like, leader, you know, or whatever. And so I'm letting my cat sleep in my bed, (laughs) which means a a man will never sleep in my bed again. Um, You know, it's just going to be me and the cat. (laughs) kind of a big leap there yeah, i don't know like uh, you know well it'll be interesting to see um you know when we think about the huge big picture of the human race of um you know whether or not we we these changes that we've created um stick around and and impact the way that we form our society and how our kids see the world as a result of 
of growing up. I know that um, yesterday I heard the tinkling of the ice cream truck. Oh, yeah. In my neighborhood. That doesn't feel very COVID friendly. I know. And I was talking to a friend about how um, we were talking about the ice cream truck and the ice cream truck was going, coming through, and I did not have any cash. And um, and so I quickly went You're to the... You're not supposed to be using cash anyway. I know, but I went to the ice cream truck Facebook page to see if she takes debit. And I noticed that her her ice cream truck business right now is pre-order only. So you place your order, and then she comes oh. to your neighbor. Like, she has neighborhoods, and she has a schedule. And she's like, I'm at this intersection at this time. And, you know, so you pick the stop that you want to Hmm. get your order at. And then um, she, you order your stuff and then she comes to your neighborhood and then you go and you pay for it and you take it. So it's not like the kids running up to the, to the truck like it used to be. Huh. It's, it's like concierge ice cream service now. Concierge ice cream. No, I mean, that's kind of okay. Yeah. You know what else is back? I'm going to a drive-in movie. Are you? This week. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of our local restaurants here, Backwoods Crossing, Oh yeah, uh, has a drive-in movie. We are going to watch The Goonies. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. When? I'm going to watch it. It's uh, Thursday, May next week. Cool. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's going to mm-hmm. be fun. Well, so all of this made me think about survival. It- I like that. That was a great detail. Thursday, May next <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> um. All of this stuff made me think about survival. It made me think about the things that we have withstood as human beings through time that are so much bigger than what we're doing now and the fact that we have what it takes to be able to survive. And And it made me think about the ways, the words that we are coming up with to, to cope and survive in the time that we're in right now. Like mm-hmm. the jokes that we're making and, yes. and like, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the little cultural references that, that we are creating. Um, that are going to be something that stays with us for a long time and something that that we'll be able to tell stories about, um, you know, in the future after we have already survived. And and then it made me think about, you know, the 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 changes that we're making to our regular habits and and how that's affecting our physiological bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it made me think about a. Here's something someone else said that we wish we said, but since they said it, we don't have to say it. And they said it better anyway. So here's Heather's quote. All right. Now, it's a little bit ironic that this quote is from Charles Darwin. Mm -hmm. When we're having what could maybe be a Darwin time of of our existence here on Earth. Um, But it's also true. It's not the strongest species that survives nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. Yeah, there we go. So um, that leads me right into some... Don't forget your homework. Go watch Africam. Mm-hmm. Think about skin hunger. No. And how skin hungry you are. Ugh. Think about and read about and learn about the people who have survived and withstood more than we are. I like that one. Keep yourself distracted so you don't drink too many quarantinis and make some coronials <laughs> that you're going <laughs> to have to take care of into the future. Mm-hmm. And um, and remember that we will survive. I will survive. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. So until next time. Until next time. Bye.
Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.